scriptures. Please pray with me. Lord, as we open up your scriptures to look at this letter from the Apostle Paul, we ask that you would speak clearly to us through Paul's words. We ask that you would speak clearly to us through the power of your Holy Spirit. And we ask that we would understand your word for us this morning. Shape us and form us through our hearing of the word. Guide us so we can be your people. Open up our minds, open up our hearts, open up our eyes, our ears. Open us up to your truth and your word. That we would be challenged by it, Lord. We thank you, we praise you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. In the letter to the Colossians, one of the main things Paul is dealing with is false teaching. There are false teachers who have been misleading people. And Paul's trying to address that here in this letter. In fact, in most of Paul's letters, if not all of Paul's letters, Paul is trying to deal with false teaching. There are different people who have reflected on what Jesus did and what God did in Jesus. They reflected on the news of the resurrection and the miracles that they witnessed or the miracles that they heard about. And some of them have accurately proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ, but others have brought in other pieces from different philosophies, different beliefs, And Paul really seems to see his sense of call as correcting false teaching. I mean, his letters are all about pointing out the ways in which other people have misled God's people, have misled the church. And as the church is beginning and as it's growing, they're surrounded by people reflecting, some reflecting well, some reflecting poorly. But there's this false teaching that gets mixed in there. So that really is one of Paul's main purposes in the letter to the Colossians and throughout all of his letters. When I think about false teaching myself, I find myself becoming rather confused because there are so many different ways of being a Christian. How do we know which is false teaching and which is within the normal accepted realm of Christian faith? Where are those dividing lines? I grew up in a church tradition that really seemed to believe that false teaching was anyone who disagreed with what we were teaching. I don't think that's entirely accurate. It was interesting that that same tradition taught that more rules and regulations would line you up with correct teaching. So, as I remember really early on in being a Christian, I got really caught up in this debate around predestination to the point that early on in my faith I started thinking that anyone who didn't agree with me was partaking in idolatry, that they had a misconception of who God was and they couldn't really understand who God was if they didn't agree with my views on predestination. As I've grown older, I've realized that's something we can disagree about. There can be disagreement. People can still follow Jesus faithfully. Um, I don't no longer consider that false teaching. Though my views haven't changed all that much, I, I do hold them a lot differently. But with this idea of false teaching, when do we cross the line into false teaching? It's interesting to me that the tradition I grew up in really focused on rules and regulations as a way of showing that you actually are following Jesus correctly and that you're not falling into false teaching. 
It's interesting to me because Paul gives us some signs of what false teaching actually looks like and what it leads to. And one of the key signs that Paul gives here in Colossians as well is if there are excessive rules and regulations, you've likely been taken in by false teaching. If you see excessive rules and regulations, you're likely taken in by false teaching. That's one of the things that Paul is trying to teach here. There are human commands, he calls them. They arrive from this philosophy that he's trying to um, work against and, and undermine that the Colossians have bought into. But these human commands, these, this philosophy, it leads to excessive rules and regulations. And this is actually a core part of Paul's message. Paul's gospel the gospel that Paul preached about Jesus Christ, the good news that Paul conveyed, at its core was the truth that Jesus was the one who fulfilled the law so that others didn't have to. That the law, he calls it at one point a, a, a curse that Jesus has taken upon himself to free us from any burden we might experience from the law. That's a core part of Paul's message, and that gospel leads to freedom in Christ, according to Paul. And he's trying to help the Colossians and others understand that there is freedom in Christ. So this is central to Paul's message. Paul is working constantly against excessive rules and regulations that derive from false teachings. But we can't go too quickly into dismissing rules and regulations when we're reading Paul. Because Paul actually has a very complicated relationship to the law. And the law is those rules and regulations that God had given to God's people. Paul's relationship to the law is actually very complicated. And scholars disagree. In fact, there's been a very robust debate about Paul's views of the law and Paul's relationship to rules and regulations over the last 40 or 50 years. Because at some points... Paul does seem to say that the law doesn't apply anymore, that it's no longer binding, that we are free from it. And at points, as I mentioned earlier, he, he calls it a curse almost, or at least there's a curse tied to it somewhere. So if you read certain passages of Paul, you could think that he's dismissive of the law. But on the other hand, Paul has these other passages where he's bragging about law observance, where it's a good thing, it's positive. He has passages where he's lifting up the law as a reflection of God's character. So to Paul, just throwing rules and regulations out entirely, that doesn't make sense. You can't just do that entirely. In fact, in the letter to the Colossians, Paul will go on and give them instructions. He'll give them ways to behave and ways to interact. So scholars do debate Paul's relationship to the law, and it's pretty complicated, but one thing that most everyone agrees on is that Paul is opposed to excessive rules and regulations. That when rules and regulations become excessive, Paul opposes that. But that raises a question for us then of how do we know when a rule or regulation is excessive? How do we know when we've crossed that line into a rule not just being something to help us, but now it is excessive, it's unnecessary? How do we know that? Now, 
Human beings, we follow rules and regulations for all sorts of different reasons. Any of us who went through the school system in the United States, we all had somebody at class at one point who was a rule follower and wanted everybody to know that he or she was a rule follower. We can all think of that person. If you can't think of that person, as people say, you were that person. Some people follow rules because they get a sense of accomplishment out of it. Somebody has set a standard for behavior, a goal, and they want to achieve that goal. And they want to make sure other people know that they've achieved that goal. So they follow the rules and they make sure other people know that they follow the rules. That's not bad or good. It's just how some people respond to rules. Other people respond to rules and regulations and want to follow them because of something internal. They've set their own goals for themselves. And if they follow certain rules, they believe that life will go well. There's a sense of fulfillment there. That these rules will lead to a good, happy, productive life. Or a faithful life. People follow rules for all sorts of different reasons. Some other people just follow rules because they're afraid of consequences. Because certain punishments have been established with those rules. So you want to avoid the punishment so you go along with what people tell you to do. And other people don't really follow rules. We have to acknowledge that as well. Churches, though, churches and their relationships to rules and regulations are are fascinating to me. Because you can go to one congregation and they will have a set of norms and expectations and rules and regulations. And they'll be faithful to Jesus in those. Then you can go to another congregation and their rules and regulations and norms and expectations are completely different. And they're still faithful also. Congregations, churches, they they develop their own ways of doing things. And sometimes congregations can become very insistent on their rules and regulations also. And they can make sure that people fall in line with what they think life should look like. And that isn't necessarily bad, but how do we know when it becomes excessive? How do we know when we cross that line that Paul's talking about, when he talks about regulations and rules that the Colossians shouldn't be following? I think it takes a lot of self-reflection. It takes us being willing to look at ourselves and ask the questions about why we do follow rules. And where I think we can be on safe ground in saying a rule is excessive is when we're, we look at our rules, we look at our regulations, we look at our motivations, we look at our intention, and we realize we're actually insisting on rules or following rules because we're trying to gain a sense of control over our lives, over society, over our church. When we start using rules and regulations as tools by which we can take control, I think we've crossed the line. Now, there are good rules that are there to help us. I think to a lot of the COVID rules that we're following right now, those are good rules. Those are rules that are going to save people's lives. They're going to stop the spread of an illness. Those are good rules. But then I think of other rules that we can fall into that really are just about control. And I'll share a fairly embarrassing example um, from myself. I have a rule in our home. It makes no sense whatsoever, and I know it makes no sense whatsoever, but I still insist on it because it makes me feel good. 
I do not like used books. For whatever reason, my whole life I've had this thing where when I don't know who read a book, I can't tell who the person was who read the book, it makes me feel out of control to have a used book around. Again, I know it makes no sense whatsoever. But we have a rule in our house that Emily, my wife, agrees to, that we, we don't bring used books into the house. That's just something that makes me feel like I have more control over my life. It is an illusion. It is irrational. My wife, bless her heart for going along with it. But that is a rule that is excessive. Now, I could go try to fix that, but honestly, folks, I have so many other things in my life that I probably need to fix that we just leave that one alone. Um, It doesn't really hurt anyone except our budget because I do love to read and buy a lot of books. But sometimes... We as churches and as individuals, we can have these excessive rules that do start hurting people, that start being about more controlling them or controlling our lives or controlling society that that do actually inflict harm. And that's where I think that we have to take Paul's instructions to heart and be reflective and ask, why do we follow certain regulations as Paul asks the Colossians? Why do we still submit to certain rules? And how do we know when rules become excessive, when they are just about control? I think Paul actually lays it out for us in his writings pretty well. As I said, Paul will continue to give certain instructions, maybe not rules and regulations, but instructions to the Colossians. But after he gives those instructions later on in the letter to the Colossians, Paul will summarize his teaching by saying, above all, Clothe yourselves in love. He takes all these teachings and says, above all, clothe yourselves in love. And I think that's the first way we can reflect on our rules and regulations. Do our rules and regulations actually come from a place of love for other people? Do they come from a place of love for ourselves? Do our rules and regulations reflect the way God views human beings and God views us? Now, one thing that I have heard, because it's easy to say, yes, of course I love people, and then to still insist on rules and regulations that might be excessive. And one thing I've heard is people saying that they insist on rules and regulations because when a parent is raising a child, they give that child rules to keep them safe, to help them. And that is true. That is what parents do, good parents do. But when we start using that analogy to talk about other Christians who are adults who happen to just disagree with us, we have to recognize that that's not actually loving. That's a false analogy. If we start putting somebody in the place of being a child or our child and we get to somehow dictate their lives for them, that's control. That's not love. And that's where we have to reflect and recognize that when we set rules and regulations for other people, for ourselves, for our congregations, for our churches, It has to reflect the truth of the person that God loves, that they are an adult, that they can make decisions, and that them disagreeing with us doesn't mean that they are a child who can't think for themselves. So I think that's a first test, that Paul says, clothe yourselves in love, and he means that love that's reflected in Jesus, where Jesus could have condemned everyone, where Jesus could have held everyone who broke God's rules He didn't. 
He loved them. He laid down his life for them. And the very people who took Jesus to the cross, he forgives them. That's the kind of love that Paul pulls us towards as we look at our rules and regulations. And a second way of examining if our rules and regulations have become excessive is a a question, do our rules and regulations reflect the grace that God has given us? Again, none of us have followed God's rules perfectly. None of us have done all that God has asked us to. We sin, all of us sin, and God extends us grace. So in our rules and regulations, is is God's grace reflected in those? Do we extend grace to people when they disagree with our rules and regulations? Does grace guide how those conversations happen? That's another way of testing, are our rules and regulations excessive? And a third way, And Paul's clear about this too. The rules and regulations that God gives us as churches especially and in our lives though, they're there to help us fulfill the mission that God has given us as the church. To help people know who Jesus is. To help people understand the love and grace embodied in Jesus Christ. To help people understand that God was present in Jesus and the Holy Spirit is present with us now. If our rules and regulations start getting in the way of that mission, they're excessive. If our rules and regulations harm people and stop people from understanding Jesus and God's love and God's grace, they're excessive. We can look at the fruits of rules and regulations and see, is this actually excessive? So I think those are questions that we all need to ask ourselves that Paul challenges us with, that Paul requires we reflect with, reflect on, and look at. And I think we have to recognize that when we look at our rules and regulations, if we have those signs that they're really about control, we have to reflect on our teaching. Have we been taken in by false teaching? Have we begun thinking that rules and regulations are a way of attaining God's favor or attaining status or attaining control? And do we need to adjust our thinking and our teaching there? That's what Paul challenges the Colossians with, and that's what we're challenged with in today's world. So if we see excessive rules and regulations, may we reflect on our practices, may we reflect on our teaching, may we reflect on the scriptures more deeply. When we see rules and regulations that might become excessive, may God bring us back into line with the love that we see in Jesus, the grace we see from God, and the mission that God has given us that the Holy Spirit spurs us towards. May we take Paul's words seriously, and may we embrace God and the rules and regulations and the love and grace God has given us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Please pray with me. Lord, help us as your people to reflect. Help us as your people to look at our practices, look at our rules, our regulations, our norms, our expectations, and to have all of those rooted in your love, your grace, and the mission you've given us. Help us, Lord, to explain to people who you are, to model for people who you are, to be examples of your love and grace so that they can know who you are and challenge us where we need it, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. As we prepare